All right. Well, Pastor Mike is not here, obviously, today. He uh, got held up a little bit at work, but um, I'm just thankful to be here. Usually Wednesdays for me, it's just I'm excited to get here because I need the refilling, as always. In in that regard, it's no different. But how many of you are still still feeling the effects of what we've seen on Sunday? How wonderful was that? Uh, All those baptisms, the the dedication. um, Give the Lord a round of applause. I, I have to confess something to you. I, when I was doing all the announcements, getting ready for the, those, um, the baptisms coming up and, and for the past couple of weeks, when we came to the actual event, I, I, I got a little apprehensive, had a little bit of the old self, the old me rear up, and I was getting a little apprehensive and anxious with the crowds at the beach. But once I got out there and I seen the church family out there and realized what we we're doing, and I, I didn't care about anything else. It was just the Lord. And it was then, it kind, of, it kind of helped me with this, this study here today, it kind of helped me realize what we need to be doing, you know, as far as not just being here in the Word, but what we need to be doing as far as the rest of the world. And just being out there and being in the public view and, and, and just being out there and being that light. So that's what we're going to talk a little about tonight. Just uh, Jesus meets us where we are. And kind of like what we were, we were saying about um, that first song, Jesus meets us where we are. So with that, let's just go before the Lord in prayer, and then uh, we'll get on with the study. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for every day you give us, Lord, to serve you, the opportunity to serve you. And we just pray for more opportunities to just put folks in our lives that we can share your truth with, Lord. Um, We just want to just help every person uh, to come to the truth, Lord, and just accept you and and join your kingdom, Lord. So with that, we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to be in Matthew 9. So if you want to go ahead and turn there right now, Matthew 9, 9 through 13. And we are going to be jumping all over the place. Um, I'll just read a, a bunch of different Bible verses, but I'll try to keep you up to, up to speed with where we're at. But we're going to be in Matthew 9, 9 13. And like I said, we're going, to be re- we're going to be covering topics about Jesus meets us where we're at. Not just, well, physically, but also spiritually. Um, and we're talking about the, the, the folks that need the truth um, to begin with. Um, and in Matthew 9, 9 through 13, uh, let's go ahead and read there. Um, 9, 9 through 13. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he rose and followed him. Now, I wish it was that easy for us to bring folks into the church to say, follow me, and we, you know, we would have the seats filled up as soon as we've had the building built. I wish it was that easy, but, but... How, how many opportunities have we passed up where we just didn't simply say, hey, come join me at church? I promise you there's somebody out there in your lives that was just waiting for that invitation. You know, and, and the person we're talking about here who, who said, Jesus said, follow me, Matthew, a tax collector. And who, who were tax collectors during the time? Tax collectors were one of the most reviled people, especially by the Jews, um, in the city. Uh, the, the, the Orthodox Jews viewed him as um, the, the worst kind of sinners, right there with harlots. And um, they were looked at as people that were taking advantage and were basically um, stealing from their own people. Um, they, were, they, were, they would tax the, the people for the Romans, but then they would also add tax for their own, uh, for their own uh, payment, for basically for their, for their own income. So, and then that would make the, the, the locals... Um, angry at them, and then that would in turn isolate the tax collectors more, and there was a vicious cycle, and they'd tax them more, and they'd go back and forth, and that's why they became so reviled. But this is the person Jesus chose, a tax collector. 
And it wasn't in a, it wasn't in a church. So sometimes we think about, well, we can, we're going to go share the message. Well, we're sharing the message tonight, but we're sharing it with fellow brothers and sisters, fellow believers. But what we're going to see time and time again, Jesus is not in a synagogue. He's not in a religious place. He's on the street. He's looking for those that are searching for the truth, right? Jesus meets people where they're at. So in um, 9.10, Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that, behold, many tax collectors, sinners, came and sat down with him and his disciples. Jesus didn't care about what the rest of the world thought. Jesus didn't care about what was the popular what the popular ideas were. It wasn't, it wasn't a popularity contest. It was about the truth. And he didn't care who he was sitting there. If, if there was an open ear, if there was an open heart, a softened heart, he was going to teach the word. He was going to share his truth with them. And then the Pharisees, as, as we're about to read here, they had huge problems with that because they were more concerned with what? The rituals of the religion, right? The cleanliness of the people that they're talking to. How many times do we go through, I mean, how many of us are guilty as we walk through, the, uh, as we walk through town, walk through the mall, walk through on the beach, and judge people as far as who is worthy of the truth? Who would be a good Christian? Who wouldn't be a good Christian? Right? All, all are in need of the truth. And that's the example Jesus is giving us here. In 11, and when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and the sinners? And when Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. One of the things I have, one of the struggles in my own life with sharing the word and with my own family who's on the, other, uh, on the other side of the United States, and I've heard many adults t- talk about this, as they view everybody that's in the church as people that think that they're more righteous than the rest of the world. Um, and that's not the case. Um, one of the, the, the hardest things that's trying to convince people is, like, is that the fact that we understand that we're all sinners and we all struggle with sin, and they're in, they're, they are, in fact, also in sin, and that they need to come to the Lord to be cleansed of that sin. But the biggest thing we have to overcome is that perception of ourselves, that we do not view ourselves as the righteous, and we are sinners ourselves. And that's one of the things that we need to, I think we need to be um, more adamant about sharing with. Um, one of, the fair, one of the things the Pharisees were really focused on was the whole ritual of um, sacrifice, right? They were concerned about, you know, whether you need to do a dove or you need to do a ram or you need to do a goat or you need to do a sheep, and that was how they cleansed themselves of sin, but it was a ritual to them. And what the, one of the things that they're, they're missing in, in here in 13 was the mercy, the mercy of it, the admission of sin, right? The, the need for sin, the recognizing that I am sinful and that, I'm, I'm need, in need of the sacrifice. And Jesus would pay that price for them. Um, some of the, uh, the majority of Jesus, like I was talking about, the majority of Jesus' interactions according, um, occurred in the workplace. Um, many also took place in homes, um, not in synagogues, not in places of worships. Um, and some of the examples 
um, I have, and you don't have to try to flip tech keep up with me. I'm just going to run through a bunch of examples um, with John, John and James um, in Matthew 4, 21, 22, going on from here and there. He saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat, and their father followed them. They were at work, mending their nets. We got to share the word at our work, our place of work, where people are comfortable seeing us, right? If we go someplace that was unusual for us, we're going to be uncomfortable in our own flesh. We're going to be our own, uncomfortable in our own flesh and then be less likely to share it. We just need to be sharing it where we're comfortable at. Go to, work, go to places where people are at, the place of work. Another example with a Samaritan woman in John 4, 5 through 7. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son a speech. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied, from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came and to draw water, and Jesus gave her, said to her, "Give me a drink." He was just there. It was his perfect timing. Um, to the everybody else, it seems by happenstance, but we all know that it was Lord's perfect timing. Again, not in a synagogue, not in a, in a holy place. It was where people are. With a lame man in John 5, 1 through 15, in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool which is called Bethesda, having four or five porches, healing the lame man. The lame man probably spent most of his day by the pool trying to be healed. Again, Jesus going to where people are at. I'm just talking about the physical part of it, where the people are. Right? Obviously, we're called to be here in church with his body, sharing the word, sharing in fellowship, going through the truth. Our Bible studies and Wednesday, Sunday services, but we're also called to be out there with the people, sharing the truth. At Zacchaeus' house in Luke 19, 1 through 10, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd. He was of short stature, so he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, and he was going to pass that, that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, Make haste, come down for today. I must stay at your house. Jesus met him on the road, and they went and had dinner at his home. Right? Plenty of opportunities. We, you know, Jesus wasn't, you know, in, in these giant amphitheaters. You know, in fact, probably the largest crowds were on. The largest crowds were at a beach. Right? The largest crowds Jesus drew were, were probably on the beach or on the on the the, the waterfront. It wasn't in a religious. Uh, again, it wasn't in, a, in any kind of religious building. Going to folks' home and sharing the word, sharing the truth. And in Peter's house, and a couple more, but I'm not going to go through all. In Peter's house with his mother-in-law, uh, with another one, with uh, a Syrophoenician woman. Um, Jesus talked to people with, about spiritual issues where they were most familiar. He did not need a special environment or control over the circumstances to discuss the eternal significances and one of the things, and this is another study from the time, but the initiative, right? We've seen a lot of different examples of initiative. You know, Jesus sometimes asks folks questions, but sometimes he would just simply wait for other people to ask the questions, right? And being prepared to have those answers. And of course, we know Jesus always had the, the right answer, but that's how we need to, be, that's one of the things we need to be doing. We need to be prepared to have the answer. And that's why we got to be in the Word.
but just having the initiative. Sometimes other folks have the initiative. We can't receive that, those people with initiative if we're not putting ourselves in those situations. So we just need to be out there and make ourselves available. So we need to make ourselves, Jesus meets us where we are physically, but there's something else that, um, the other part of that is spiritually, you know, making ourselves spiritually available. Um, one of the stories, one of the things I think about when I think of, I think of this, and when I think about trying to, you know, talk to new believers or talk to possible people that might be interested in, in hearing the word, I, I think about the time I spent as a Marine recruiter, and one of the common complaints I would hear from um, prospective applicants or even new recruiters was, there's no Marines out there. There's no Marines out there in the population. Well, of course there's no Marines out there in the population. You've got to go find the ones that are interested, right? And then tell them how we're going to help them out. Well, it's the same thing with us. There's no, there's no perfect Christians. We're not even perfect Christians. There's no perfect Christians waiting to come into church. There's no perfect Christians waiting to hear the, hear the gospel. There's nothing but sinful people out there that need the gospel. So don't be looking for perfect Christians because we, we, can we can't claim the title ourselves. We need to go out there with humility, meekness, and be sharing the word. So that was just kind of one of the things I think about when, I, when we're going out there talking to people is just understanding folks on a human level. We know one of Jesus' 12 disciples was a tax collector. Another betrayed him. Um, they, they all cut and ran when he was arrested. James and John tried to manipulate Jesus into making them number one and two and three. Number two and three in his kingdom. Um, when the other ten found out about it, they were furious because each of them covered those spots. Peter, when questioned, denied even knowing Jesus. Um, they all fell short. Jesus knew this, and he knew in advance, yet he still chose them. The point was I just talked about, about a lot about the, all the disciples, how they all fall short. Jesus picked all of them individually. We all fall short. The people in our neighborhoods, the people down the beach. How many folks have, uh, were we exposed to out there? Right? We had, we had, we had we'd baptized 10 of, our brothers, 10 of our brothers and sisters. There was a baby dedication. How many folks were down there to see that? Right? That was the Lord. That was the Lord working. But how many seeds were planted just from seeing that? Next time when you're on the beach and you decide, maybe I should take my Bible and read, that might prompt somebody that's a regular down there to come down and ask, hey, were you part of that group that was out here baptizing folks and singing? Right? You don't know what seeds we planted. Only the Lord does. So we, we act and we behave in a manner that would honor the Lord. The next uh, passage I want to share with you was from 1 Corinthians um, 9. Pardon me, while I turn there. All right, 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 22. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more. This is Paul speaking. Let's read that again. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. What is he talking about there? Paul is an apostle. He's an apostle to Jesus Christ in the flesh. He's serving our Lord, our Savior. 
what higher position could there possibly be for a human being? He is free from all of man's laws, all of man's rules. He answers to nobody. Right? For though I am free from all men, and that's what he's talking about, I have made myself a servant to all. He's serving people where they are at, that I might win the more. Where do you think he learned that from? Jesus. Jesus was always with the beggars, the people, the destitute, just serving folks. And 20, and to the Jews I became as a Jew that I might win Jews to those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law. And what's he talking about there? He's talking about actually being, you know, a Jew. He's there to serve the Jews either, also. He's there to share the truth with the Jew. And he's going to honor their rules and laws, even though he doesn't follow under them necessarily, but he's going to follow their laws enough so that he can share the truth with them. Right? To teach them a new law, the, 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 the true law. And 21, to those who are without law, as without law, not being without law toward God, but under the law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. He's talking about the Gentiles. So those that do not, don't know any law, who are completely unfamiliar with any kind of faith or any kind of religion, right, that doesn't mean he's going to go out there and, and behave like them, but he's going to be accommodating to them, and he's going to show them love and grace and not going to be you know, judgmental. Because again, going back to what we were saying earlier, we're all sinners, right? We're not going to be haughty. And we're going to show them the truth. And I might win those who are without law. His heart here is just to share the word so that he can win those people for the Lord. And lastly, 22, to the weak I became as weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might be all I might be I might be by all means save some. He's just sharing he's willing to share the gospel with everybody regardless of where they're at. I hesitate to say be everything to everybody, but he's he, his love for everybody shows no bounds. He wants to share the gospel, share the truth with everybody. And then slide right over to 1 Corinthians 10, 31 to 11, 1. It's 10, 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all things to the glory of God. I know it gets kind of confusing sometimes. We talk about you've got to be all things to everybody and you've got to be accommodating to everybody. The heart of it, though, is the important fall is do all things to the glory of God. You're doing all things to the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but for the profit of money, that for the profit of many, that they may be saved. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. The whole purpose of all this is just to share the word and to share the truth with Jesus. 
you know, I, my heart is just to share the same joy that the folks experience and some of you that got baptized years ago are still experiencing today. The hopes and the promises, the eternal promises of Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that it's going to be without hardship. It's not going to be without trials. Of course it is. We've all experienced that. But the hope and the promise of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's the, what we're trying to share with folks. That's the, what we're trying to share with people. Jesus was interested in establishing a common ground with others. He connected with the people's thoughts and feelings. He understood the new ideas needed to be connected with the existing points of reference if they are to last. He seldom pressed for closure or decision. Instead, he understood that time is required for ideas to simmer for the people to own them before they act on them. Too often we try to make people become Christians. But you got to do it. But you got to do it. The sense of urgency is important, especially in today, today's world that we live in. The sense of urgency seems really important, but it always comes back to, especially, and this is something I wrestle with all the time when dealing with young folks, with, with teens and whatnot, it's got to be their decision. It has to be their decision. If it's not their decision, then it's, 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 it's pointless. Christ was constantly meeting people where they were, not waiting for them in the church he met the Samaritan woman by the well in Samaria. He met the tax collector, Zacchaeus, going through Jericho. And he met the woman with the blood issue on the way to Jericho's He was always meeting people outside the church. Brothers and sisters, we come in here to fill our own cup, right? We come in here to fill, fill ourselves with, the, with the, the word, to get more familiar with the word, um, to gain an understanding of it. But if we're to grow the kingdom, we have to be outside of the church and be in the world, and not of the world, but be in the world and, and sharing the truth and be in the light. And the last verse I wanted to share with you, and this is, I think this is important. I, hadn't, I have never really thought about this um, in this way, but um, in Luke 23, 39 through 43. Luke. And think think about when we read this passage. Think about this: meeting people where they are and where their time of need is. Meeting people where they are and where their time of need is. Luke twenty three, thirty nine. Then one of the criminals, who was who were hanged, blasphemed him, saying, "If you are the Christ, save yourself and us." But the other answering rebuked him, saying. Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? Where are we at? We're on the cross. We are on the, well, Jesus is on the cross, but in the book, that's where we're reading that. We're at the cross. Jesus is on the cross right now. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then Jesus said to, then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me, when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, As surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus met us there at the cross to die for our sins, but what's to say he wasn't also there for that one person, at appointed place for that one person, that thief on the cross at his appointed time. If we're looking for an example of what we're supposed to be doing in our daily walk, 
I'm not saying we got to put ourselves, you know, go out there and put yourself in harm's way, but we need to be putting ourselves out there as Christians. Does, does, do people know you're a Christian in your workplace? I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to get you to lose your job, but do, you, do the folks know that in your, in your community? Does your neighbor know that you're a Christian? All right? Go in and love, go in and love wherever they're at. Invite them to their home. If you get invited to your home, don't be afraid to, to share it. How far are we willing to go out of our way to meet someone who might have just a chance to choose Christ? Just a chance. How many of you have turned your turned your back on somebody because it was it was a slim chance and you didn't you know you didn't want to embarrass yourself because you didn't know the right scripture or you didn't know the right passage or whatever? I can I'm guilty of it. I, I and, you know I feel ashamed about it later on and you know it convicts me to read the Bible more. But there's a slim chance we need to be sharing the word. If you've read anything about Jesus Christ, you understand that his timing was perfect meeting people at various places where they were both physically and spiritually. And that's the example that we need to be following. And I spoke a little bit about initiative and taking initiative. What's the, what's the greatest thing that we can do as far as taking initiative, as far as um, what, what we're doing? Prayer. Just being prayerful. That's the first step. Prayer will convict you to get, get in your word. Prayer will convict you to go talk to your neighbor. Prayer will do a lot of things. Prayer will usually gets you on back on path on the right track with the Lord. So if you want, and this is a whole other study about about taking the initiative, but getting in the Word and just and just praying. Um, Speaking of praying, I know I'm a little bit short now, but um, we're going to go into some intercessory prayer. So after we pray, um, popcorn prayer, you know, pray as needed. Speak loud enough so that everybody can hear you. There, I know there's plenty of need. I mean, we just got in talking about being, have, taking the initiative. Take the initiative and, be, and being prayerful, uh, one at a time. And um, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today, Lord. Let us not regret any day that we didn't share your word or share you, Lord. Um, how can we keep the light that is you hidden from other people? How can we hide your word from other people, Lord? Even if there's just the smallest chance, Lord, please help us to be bold in you, Lord. If we just look at your examples that you've done, and many examples you've done for us, Lord, we have no reason not to share your word and to be bold and to just get into the many different places that our fellow brothers and sisters are at. So we just uh, pray for the Constitution to get out there and share your gospel, Lord. Help us to uh, be prayerful. In your name I pray. Amen.